I look forward to this day of the week because we get to visit with our friend Jamie Court. C-O-U-R-T is the spelling and Jamie Court is the president of Consumer Watchdog. And I sure hope that you've been to ConsumerWatchdog.org. If you haven't, by all means, head on over to ConsumerWatchdog.org and you will find Jamie Court and all of his great colleagues. And I hope you were here last week with us because last week we were and in the last hours of the state legislative session of the California State Legislature lots of very consequential including big national issues on the agenda and Jamie Court was fast and furious in Sacramento along with a lot of lobbyists for the special interests and so here we're doing our sequel to find out what happened since the legislature ended last Friday night so Jamie Court thanks so much as always for coming back on the Norman Goldman show Oh, it's always my pleasure to be here, especially when the legislature's over so I can get a little rest. Well, I was going to say, I'll bet you got some sleep between then and now, so that's a good thing. It was a late night. It was a past midnight night, but it went well, which is unusual. Usually in the state house on the last day of session, like we talked about last week, you know, if you win, if you don't lose too much. But um, we actually had some tangible victories last uh, night of session, and one of them was we stopped Governor Brown and the energy barons in their attempt to create this regional speculative energy market a la Enron. And it was really remarkable. Uh, we're just waiting for it to come up. And, and Senator Pro Tem Tony Atkins, he stood up to big pressure from this uh, governor in his last uh, legislative session and onto the industry. And she protected consumers and the environment so Californians don't have to worry at this moment about going to a Western regional system where we've got Trump appointees who can challenge our state's laws and sovereignty and where we have traders and banks uh, speculating on our energy. It was a really big deal. We were really proud to have uh, to have been uh, part of that effort. And uh, it was a testament, I really think, to the way, uh, first of all, Governor Brown became a lame duck governor uh, and also to the the legislators saying, look, I just can't do this to my people. I don't care about the arm twisting from the governor's office and from the industry. We're going to we're going to we're going to say no. Speaking of being proud of, of part of an effort, I'm proud that I've been part of an effort with you here to help bring a fuller picture of Governor Brown to the public. He's done a very nice job of controlling the image and the narrative about himself, that he's green, that he's, you know, very environmentally friendly. And you, especially in Consumer Watchdog, know a whole other side. And I'm really proud to have been part of the effort to help educate the public. And in fact, that education effort is far from over. Uh, because there is a nine-year-old girl, a very young girl, who is scolding the governor. Jamie, do I have this right? Because something's happening in San Francisco next week, and this young woman is is talking to the governor, and we've got the audio. Jamie, what is this about? Well, look, you know, Governor Brown's talked a lot about climate change. We've taken some actions as a state, but the reality is, you know, this 80-year-old guy has not listened to the 800 groups who have called on him to stop oil drilling in the backyards of schools, in the backyards of people who live within a couple of thousand feet of oil wells. He hasn't done anything but approve 21,000 oil wells. Uh, so we have an effort with the global uh, delegates coming to this global action summit for climate in uh, the Bay Area next week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. We've got a television spot along with Food and Water Watch that uh, we're going to put up on the air so that the delegates can hear from this nine-year-old girl who's uh, basically telling the governor, don't forget about me when you're bathing in the sun of all your climate accomplishments. 
why haven't you done anything about the oil wells in our backyards? And so, um, if you, you know, th- that's the message. Let's hear it. In California, hundreds of thousands of kids live in the shadows of oil wells. Jerry Brown has promoted more than 20,000 oil wells as governor. Governor Brown, how could you be so cruel and heartless? Governor Brown, shut the oil wells down. It's your last chance. Now, Jamie, there's, of course, video images that go with that. This is the audio track. That's going to be airing as a TV commercial in the San Francisco Bay Area when? Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And if you want to see it now, you can go to consumerwatchdog.org and watch it on our page. And people can get out to the protests that are going to happen on the 13th, which is that Thursday, early in the morning at Jesse Square, 736 Mission Street. People are gathering as early as 7 a.m. to greet Brown. Uh, we're thinking thousands of people, and many of them will risk arrest because the governor really has not uh, listened to the adults about limiting oil drilling. Uh, and he's going to uh, probably next week sign a bill that passed on the last night of session to create a 100% renewable energy standard for California by the year 2045. It's a great idea, but it doesn't help uh, this or other nine-year-olds uh, when they live within you know, a couple of thousand feet of oil wells uh, and all the health consequences that come with those. I mean, we are talking about respiratory problems, cancer risks, asthma, um, nosebleeds, people who live near oil fields report all this. And Governor Brown has been largely oblivious to these folks. Many of them are people of color. He's kind of lived in this ivory tower version of environmentalism and not looked at the problems with premature births and other problems associated with living near oil wells. He, he could take a step forward. It could be a modest step to shut down oil wells going forward within a couple of thousand feet of homes and not permit them. But he has just refused to do anything. And he's honestly acting like he's 80 years old because he's never had any kids. He doesn't care about it. He doesn't. And I don't think he likes kids, frankly, having uh, having seen him around kids. I mean, he is not someone who's thinking about their future uh, and where they live and low income people. And that has to be part of what's going to be talked about, the Global Climate Action Summit. That's why people are going to protest. That's why we put this ad on there. And frankly, I'm hoping it creates an awakening in this uh, one time uh, Zen Buddhist of a governor that he actually starts to listen to the children because he hasn't listened to anyone else on this topic. Wow, you and I are listening to our friend Jamie Court. He is the president of Consumer Watchdog, and you can check out Jamie Court, C-O-U-R-T, and all of his great colleagues at consumerwatchdog.org, and you can see the commercial and hear the audio track again, but see the video that goes along with the commercial that will be airing on the airwaves in San Francisco next Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, and you can see and hear it at consumerwatchdog.org. And Jamie, we are reviewing what happened at the end of the legislative session, and as you recall last week, we used the California state legislature as kind of a national civics class to show that each of the states have a state legislature. They all have enormous power and they all do a lot of things that impact the lives of the citizens who live in their states. And so let's you and I take another example of an issue that was before the legislature, the potential bailout of the privately owned utilities that were involved in the massive wildfires and are still involved in the massive wildfires all up and down this state, but especially Northern California. California just getting burned just really horribly. Uh, so, Jamie, the utilities, especially PG&E, Pacific Gas and Electric, from what I understand, very beloved up there in the Bay Area, very beloved, uh, 
they, of course, tongue-in-cheek, they were really lobbying hard. The other investor-owned utilities, of course, lobbying very hard to get rate, you know, get ratepayer relief, basically get bailouts. And, and you and I spent a lot of time talking about this. It was very heavily lobbied. How did it work out last uh, Friday night in the legislature? Well, after 11 p.m., uh, the legislature voted to send a bill to the governor that basically bailed out PG&E and the other investor-owned utilities spoke really elegantly about why it was a bad idea for ratepayers to bail out a company convicted of felonies and that shareholders should be on the hook. And he was really eloquent on, on, on how bad the process was. I mean, I think notably, Governor Brown lost again on this, though, in his failure to convince the legislature to take the rights of wildfire victims to sue the utilities. And that was really because the victims had effectively made their voices heard in the Capitol. It was just a bridge too far. But nonetheless, this is going to be a problem for ratepayers. They're going to pay the costs that shareholders should bear. And the Public Utility Commission, which is largely in the pockets of the utilities, will vote you know, based on the facts about how much ratepayers will have to pay for the bonds to pay for the fire costs, but they will have to pay. And that is, that is a problem because uh, this company has been financially solid. This company has, you know, in multiple cases, not just the wildfires, but in San Bruno with the gas explosion. Uh, Aaron Brockovich came out of the closet to remind people about the poisoning of water supplies. I mean, it is, it is constantly negligent mishandling itself. And there's no reason ratepayers should be on the hook for this, even though victims of wildfires did escape losing their rights to sue the utilities when they sparked fires. So this was just a bad deal all around. I mean, it could have been worse, but it is a low moment for the legislature, even though it also represents a loss for the governor and not being able to convince the legislature to take the rights of uh, people uh, after wildfires to sue. Okay, so Jamie, if I've got it right, the, the, the rights of the consumers of people who are living in these areas to sue, they those rights remain, uh, so the governor lost that. However, what was put into place, and please correct me if I'm wrong, what was put into place was kind of an administrative process. The legislature tried to obscure what they were doing, but essentially what the legislature did was punted or delegated is the more appropriate legal term to the administrative agency, in this case, the Public Utilities Commission, the power to hold hearings, administrative hearings, on petition by the investor-owned private utilities claiming they need ratepayer money to offset these fire costs, and the PUC, because of regulatory capture, is very likely to be very friendly. So eventually the ratepayer is going to have to kick in some money, and that's the problem here. Do I have that right? Well, sort of right. Right now, the PUC has that power if they deem that the utility wasn't responsible, you know, and and they've nixed the right of the utilities to pass on the cost of the responsible. What the legislature did was said, for these fires and only for these fires, 2017 fires, we are going to allow you to securitize, to float bonds, to pay those costs regardless of whether you're responsible, if you're too financially stressed, and the cost of those bonds will be paid for by the ratepayers. The real problem is no one knows the cost of the bond, of the bonds for ratepayers. It may be as low, some people said, as you know, a few dollars a year. I find that hard to believe. Uh, but the PUC has absolutely been punted to to deal with that. But the, absolutely, the, the point is that the utilities don't have to show they're not negligent. They get to pass on the cost if they're financially stressed. 
but only for the, the fires in the past, not for fires going forward. Got it. So for 2017, 2018, or just the current fires that are happening right now? Uh, it says 2017 in the law, but I believe it's actually anything before 2019. And I think it also, um, going forward, keeps open the possibility that bonds could be floated, but it doesn't require this fiscal financial stress test. So it's not clear to me how that's going to be interpreted by the Public Utility Commission, whether they're just going to keep doing what they're doing if they find there was negligence, they won't float the bonds. But uh, it's been described as a time-limited bailout, uh, and I think that is accurate. But it doesn't preclude the uh, PUC, and I think they can float bonds in the future, which is something they uh, wouldn't have done normally. Jamie, this sounds like a giant hunk of sausage, and I'm sure that the <laughs> process of making that was very <laughs> Pleasant. We're talking oh, to Jamie. <laughs> you witnessed it. You know. Blood, blood, blood sausage. Oh, God. I don't even want to think about it. Check out Jamie Court. It's, his name is C-O-U-R-T, like going to court at ConsumerWatchdog.org. He's the president, and he's seen lots and lots of sausage in his day. Jamie, let's talk about a piece of good news that came out of the legislature last week. This one is, a, is simply a straight-out triumph, if I've got it right. Uh, by, the, by late Friday night, the state legislature passed net neutrality for California, and obviously it's going to have an impact everywhere else. It, it, isn't that happening? They, they passed net neutrality, right? Absolutely. We talked about Absolutely. it a couple of weeks ago. The quickest way to get, apparently, net neutrality passed is to throttle back the data speeds of California firefighters while they're fighting a blaze, which is what Verizon did. And that outrage basically showed how the industry tangibly endangered us. And that helped in the last night of the state house to send the governor a bill requiring the telecoms not to discriminate in their data speeds based on how much you pay. That was a big victory. We got a big victory on privacy rights. California's privacy law, which we talked about a couple of months ago, that is, you know, unique and say people can tell companies not to share their data without their permission. That was under attack and the Silicon Valley was not able to do anything uh, negative to that law in the last night of session. We also had a victory, uh, very personal. The governor still has to sign this bill, but we became the first state in the nation to mandate that doctors tell their patients when they're disciplined for sexual assault or other serious patient harm. And the Me Too movement, the scandals we had at USC and L.A., the Olympic doctor scandals all powered this through. Senator Jerry Hill was the author, and we were working with a lot of the patients who uh, were the power and fuel behind that effort. And the doctor's lobby, till the very end, opposed it and then came on board with it. Uh, this is a big victory if Governor Brown signs it uh, because it basically says doctors have to be honest with their patients when they get caught in big trouble. Wow. Jamie, all in all, it sounds like a pretty good deal. I mean, uh, going up against the big, powerful investor-owned private utilities and and not get not getting walloped near as bad. In a lot of these states, Jamie, a lot of states, Oklahoma, Arkansas. I mean, we can name a lot of states where the utilities just run the state. I mean, just flat out run the state, and and so consumers really don't have much of a voice. I'm actually proud of. I'm really proud of you. I'm really proud of Consumer Watchdog and all the great groups we have here because in in this state, at least in California, you can stand up to the utilities. You might actually win one or two, and and you don't see that very often. Jamie, I know I'm setting a pathetic low standard, but we got to take our victories where we find them. Winning on net neutrality, uh, not getting ensnared in that multi-state grid. I'd say all in all, it was a pretty decent year. We had a good last night, that's for sure. And and, and I think if we could get the governor to actually acknowledge that he needs to do something on oil drilling and listen to these kids next week, uh, maybe we can have a really good Thanksgiving. 
Jamie, it's always a pleasure visiting with you. I've got to keep it moving, but thanks so very, very much as always for being part of the team. This Saturday is the ninth anniversary of the Norman Goldman Show. And Jamie, I want to thank you. You've been a part of this show virtually from the start. Our weekly segments have been very popular. A lot of people have learned a lot of things, and I hope we've done Consumer Watchdog some good. Love the organization. Think the world of you. Thanks so very much for being part of the show and looking forward to another nine years. I'm looking forward to that too, Norm. Thanks.